Good morning. My name is Jake. I am the uh, Milford Campus Pastor, as well as the Executive Pastor of Ministries. I'm excited to be here with you today at Pond and online. And then in Milford, I'll be there after this. And we are closing out the Psalms of Ascent series, the Praying the Psalms. This is Psalm 134. Uh, we're going to have a couple more weeks on Psalms coming up, but this is the last of the Psalms of Ascent. Before we get into that, you know, every so often in my life, I have a passage or a verse or even a phrase that I find myself going back to repeatedly. And, and, and I think through the applications and implications of it over a season. And, it kinda, and, and you allow that to marinate in your heart and your soul a little bit. And I, I'm in one of those seasons right now where there's a very short, very concise little verse that has been in my heart, you know, kind of rumbling around and, and uh, processing through what that is and how that applies to my life. It's from the, uh, it's from the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' longest sermon ever. And the Sermon on the Mount is this, uh, it's a sermon, this passage in Matthew 5 through 6, where Jesus is handling all of these really practical life things. You know, he's talking about worry and prayer and generosity and what do you do when you feel like you need vengeance and you know, faithfulness and marriage and all of these sorts of things. And he, and he brings up these practical things and he points them back to the state of someone's heart. He says, this thing over here, when you do this or don't do this, it really kind of shows what's going on in your heart. And then in the, in, in the sixth chapter, he, he, there's this passage, he talks about storing up things in heaven, not here on earth. And, and then Matthew 6, 21 says this. And this is the verse that's kind of been rolling around in my brain and in my, in my heart for some time. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what is counterintuitive about this verse when you first read it is that you feel like what it should say is where your heart is, there will your treasure be. Like, all right, if my heart is somewhere, then that's where my treasure is going to be. That's where the, what I treasure in my life is going to be. But it's not what it says. It says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It makes me think of a movie called The Goonies. You guys ever seen The Goonies before? You guys familiar with this? I was, yeah, who, who like says like, Goonies, in my heart, affectionate spot, who kind of really likes the Goonies. A few people, right? A little bit. Me, personally, love the Goonies. Like, I grew up on this movie, and I was talking to some of the younger staff members here, and like, I was like, you know, it's like the Goonies, right? And they're like, what? <sighs> right? And, you know, there's this passage, raise up a child in the way they should go, and they won't depart from your ways. And I feel like Goonies is like in that, like raising a child up right, you should show them the Goonies. I don't know. But in the Goonies, it's all about pirate's treasure. And it's, and it's these friends, it's these kids and teenagers, and they're searching for this hidden pirate treasure. But really what they want at their core is there's this one friend who is going to lose his house and have to move away and split up the friend group. And so they want the treasure, not because they want to get rich, or the rich stuff, but they want, they want it so that they can give it to the friend and the friend doesn't have to move away. Because at the core, what was going on was they didn't want to lose their friend group. Right? That's like, you're like, oh, that's, that's good, right? That's a good, that's a good little like, thing. But the whole time, they're like looking for this, this pirate treasure. It's because what you treasure... It reveals something about you. 
And that inverse, like, counterintuitive thing of where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What I think is going on here, and what you see at other times in the Bible, is that what you treasure in a moment, today, will determine where your heart is tomorrow. That what you're really valuing, really treasuring, has this sway, it has this influence, it wins your heart over. And if you want to know where your heart will be tomorrow, figure out what you treasure today. And so if this right here represented your heart, and we were to open it up and look inside at what you treasured, what would be there? Think about that to yourself. What are you treasuring right now? What has, what is like eating away, what's winning your heart? What are you treasuring today that will have your heart tomorrow? If you remember anything from today, remember this, that a life that treasures God both blesses God and is blessed by God. That if you treasure God in your heart, that that will not only bless God, but it'll be blessed by God. Now, that kind of sounds weird. It it sounds uh, like, how how do I bless God? Because we think about blessing, we think about God giving us stuff, providing for us, helping, giving us what we need, like meeting us in our needs and and, and pushing us forward. And that's what blessing is. How do we bless God. And to understand that, we're going to shift to Psalm 134. Psalm 134 says this. It says, behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Psalm 134. And right there in the first verse, you're going to see, like, just in Psalm 134, 1, it says, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who serve by night in the house of the Lord. It says, bless the Lord. And to understand what it means by blessing, you kind of have to understand Hebrew a little bit. Because Hebrew, we, in our words, we have consonants and vowels. So if I said bless, B-L-E-S-S, it's consonant, consonant, vowel, consonant, consonant. But in Hebrew, they only have consonants. There are no vowels. And so the word like rock or rack would both be R-C-K. And so you could send a note to someone that says, hey, could you bring me that rock? And they could come back holding a guy named Rick, and you're like, "Uh, could you put Rick down, please? And why'd you make it weird? Because there's no vowels. Some of you will get that later. It's fine. Some of you guys got that in the moment. Some of you later. It's a slow burn. It's fine. You'll get there. (laughs) And anyway, so there's no vowels in Hebrew. And so what you have sometimes is, especially when the author of the Bible is trying to be poetic, and psalms are songs, poems and songs, that they'll say words that can mean multiple things. So bless here, you're going to see it on the screen. Bless is brah, and that also means that kneel or knee. So that's like a knee and then a little thing, and it looks like kneel, kneel, but really it's knee slash kneel. And because what happens is that word, B, basically B-R-K-H in Hebrew, because they don't have vowels, means to bless, but it also means knee and kneel. And there are times that word is translated bless, and there are times it's translated knee, and there's times it's translated kneel. And so what happens sometimes is you have these authors who will use a word that means multiple things, poetically, trying to imply something. And so when it's saying bless, the Lord, all of you servants, there is this 
kneeling aspect to it, where he's like, bless the Lord. Kneel to the Lord. Really point yourself, adore, give yourself over to. Submit to. Bless the Lord. Kneel in that way. So bless, behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who serve by night in the house of the Lord. In verse 2, lift up your hands to the sanctuary. And again, it says it, and bless the Lord. The thing is, there are times when you're not going to feel like it. In life, when it's like, man, I don't want to, I don't feel like it, that doesn't feel like where I'm actually at, why do I have to, like, I don't, like, life doesn't feel good right now. I know, I cognitively know God is good, but God doesn't feel good right now. And what do I do in those moments when I don't feel like kneeling to God? And in verse two, he just kind of doubles down. He's like, in the first verse, hey, behold, he's like, everyone, give me your attention. Hey, listen up, bless the Lord. And in verse two, he doubles down. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. He's like, don't just feel it. Use it with your body. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Praise him. Give yourself bodily, spiritually, emotionally over to him. Even when you're not feeling like it. And it is this invitation, but it's also this challenge. And that question of if you treasure God, you will bless God and be blessed by God, that is both invitational and it's aspirational. Like if you're someone who's never really like, if you're trying this faith thing out, you don't really know what you think or feel, then this is like a target on the wall. It is aspirational for you. But if you're someone who may be in this space where you are right now in your spiritual journey, you don't feel like it. You don't feel like blessing him, praising him, giving yourself over to him in this way. It is this, he's saying, bless the Lord. Give yourself over, treasure him. Because what you treasure today is what will have your heart tomorrow. Do you get that? Like even if today you don't feel like it, if today you don't feel like you treasure God, if, you say, if I lift this up and say, look at what you treasure in your heart, and, you're, and, and you don't, it's not where you're at spiritually. But where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Where your treasure is today is where your heart will be tomorrow. And so if that's where you want to be, where your God has your heart, then bless him today. Praise him today. Whether you feel like it or not, because over time, what you treasure today wins your heart. It sways your heart. It pulls your heart. And in verse 3, it says this. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. And what you see here is there's like this reciprocal nature to it, right? It's where if you bless him, if you are blessing God, if you're kneeling to him, then he will bless you. It's like you can't out-bless God. But it, and so you're like, man, I thought bless meant kneel. And so kneel here isn't like kneel in praise, kneel in adoration. Kneel here is like when is, you know, it's been said that God is a God who stoops, that we feel like God is transcendent, above and holy and other, and that is true. But he's also imminent. He's also involved. And so when God kneels, it's to involve himself. It's to stoop. It's to be involved in the day-to-day of your life. And so as you praise, whether you feel like it or not, as you treasure him, whether you feel like it or not, that sways your heart. It pulls your heart. It moves your heart. 
And you align and you move with and you, it is, you live that life with God. At the same time, he involves himself more. It is this invitational thing. And the funny thing about Psalm 134 and Psalm 135 is that 134 and 135, they start the exact same way. So 134 is the last psalm of the Psalms of Ascent, and Psalms 135, it obviously comes next, 34, 5. Good point, Jake, really nailed that one. But, uh, <laughs> and 135, 1 through 2 says this. It says, praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, you servants of the Lord, you who, you who stand in the house of the Lord. It starts the exact same way. Psalm 134 starts this way. Psalm 135 starts the exact same way. What's different about Psalm 135, though, is 135 goes on to list all of these things that God, the ways that God's shown up and been faithful in the lives of the Hebrew people previous. God showed up in this way, and he was faithful. God showed up in that way, and he was faithful. He showed up this way, and he was faithful in this way, in that way, in this way. And it's as if he's saying, when you don't feel like it, when you don't feel like praising him, remember when he's been faithful in the past, and you'll have all the reason you need. If he's been faithful in your past, you have a reason to praise him today. And if you praise him today, your heart will be pulled to him tomorrow. So I have a son who is 16 years old. And my son worked hard, he studied, and he got his driver's license on his 16th birthday. And he was driving incredibly responsibly. I mean, my wife and I, we were, you know, nervous as you are, but we felt good because he was good. He was, he was a good driver. Maybe a little overconfident, but good nonetheless. And so we, also, we have this app on our phone. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but we have an app on our phone called Life360. Anybody have teenagers and know what Life360 is? Oh, yeah, we know what Life360 is if you have teenagers. It keeps track of where they are. You get a notification when they leave your home. They get a notification when they get home, when they leave work, get to work, leave school, get to school. You know if they're in a vehicle that takes off fast. You know if their phone is in a vehicle that stops fast. You know that if their, vehicle is in a, is your, their phone is in a vehicle that's driving fast. So it's like, if you don't know what Life360 is as a parent, you should, all right? So, we got Life360 on his phone, and it's been a while, he's been driving for a few weeks, and we're like, oh, let's just check in, see how he's doing, see, you know, how his driving's going. I'm not going to tell you numbers. <laughs> but when a teenager goes to drive, it drives you to your knees, let's just say it that way. He was going well above posted legal limit. And I'm also going to say... We live in Amherst, and the Amherst powers that be like to enforce to the letter of the law. Let's just say it that way. It's all I'm going to say, okay? And so we got his phone, and we got the report, and we're like, you can like swipe through like his individual drives, and each one got a little faster, and like the temperature got a little warmer in the room every time we swiped through his drives. And he's at work right now. I mean, he's at football at this point, and he's driving home from football, and we can see, oh, he's driving fast right now. Right? And so we're gonna, we, we're like, my wife and I, we're ramping up for the hard talk. And so he walks in and we're like, how fast are you just driving? Know that we already know. <laughs> and so he's like, oh man, like, uh, okay, busted. I was like, if you ever drive that fast again, he loves his car. You're gonna be driving the minivan. <laughs> and he was like, okay. Didn't sway him at all. We thought for sure that was gonna be the kill shot. 
And, and, that's the, we, the, we knew this is part of the plan originally, and if you do it again after that, we'll drive you places you can't drive at all. Okay. Okay, not working, not working. Got to figure out the, and we will tell your football coach. And he melted. <laughs> because what happens in football is if someone does something dumb, the coach, uh, who's a friend of ours, great guy, a guy named Robin, he rolls dice, and whatever number you get, you take that times 10, that's how many burpees the entire team does. So you get like a five and a four, that's a nine. The whole team does 90 burpees before practice starts. And so we're like, if you drive that fast again, we'll tell your football coach. Please don't, I won't, I'll drive slow, I promise, I won't drive fast anymore. Like, it's this, we finally found the button that worked. Yeah, this is what parenting is, it's like finding the... <sighs> the next day, he's working, oh, he's football, and then he's going to his friend's pool party. He gets home from the pool party, like one minute before curfew, but that's still before curfew. And he's like, guess what happened today? I got pulled over. It's like, yeah, did you hear that? There's like a <gasps> in the room. He's like, I was driving, driving from the football to the party, and this car going the other way, turned around, lights came on, pulled me over. I was like, okay. He said, license registration. So I got my license out. And it's, he still has a paper license. And he's like, uh, he goes into the glove compartment. And he's like, uh, I, sir, I'm so sorry. I don't know what a registration likes. Can you help me? Which, by the way, on a human level, if you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll be on your side, little buddy. <laughs> and he's like, well, tell me the name the car is registered into. And so he says, well, it's my dad. It's Jake Scott, Jacob Scott. He's like, all right, it's fine. We'll do it. He goes away and he comes back. He gives him the license back and he says, hey, when you passed me, you didn't turn your brights off. It's a warning today, but from now on, turn your brights off when you're passing somebody. He gets home. He's like, I got pulled over. He tells me the story. If this had been yesterday, I'd have been driving so fast. The Lord works in mysterious ways. That's what he said. <laughs> and he's a pastor's kid, so he says stuff like that. And I said, well, son... Yes, the Lord works in mysterious ways, but like we, it's like 50% us, 50%, let's say, you know, it's life 360, it's just like the umbrella of protection. He's like, yeah, but God used you. Pastor's kid, right? <laughs> He's like, I'm just so grateful. I think, I think there are times in life, if you have the eyes to see, that we have reason to be grateful, reason to praise, reason to bless. And so it's, and when you feel, so, that, so this passage of calling us to bless God and be blessed by God if you treasure God, it's like aspirational and it's also challenge and it's invitation. If you're someone who has never really walked with God, it's this invitation to praise him today so that it wins your heart tomorrow. If you're someone who has walked with God and maybe you, it's, you're not in this, in this moment where you're treasuring him, if you want to get back into that space, praise him today that he'll win your heart tomorrow. And if you're good with God, then the most natural outflow of your heart will be praising him. You know, this Psalm 134, it's the last of the Psalms of Ascent. 
And so what I picture it, they're singing this song together as a community as they're finishing their pilgrimage to the holidays and they're entering Jerusalem and they're walking through the gates and this, and this is extended family all arriving at Jerusalem together and they're singing this and they're saying, bless the Lord, bless the Lord as they're entering into the hubbub and the business and the hurry of these pilgrimage psalms where thousands of people are descending upon Jerusalem and they're just, they're arriving and they're grateful and they're together and they're praising him. It's such a beautiful picture this psalm creates. I think it's also an invitation for us as a community to praise him wholeheartedly, to enter into that space, treasure him today so that he has our heart tomorrow. What we're going to do today is we're going to enter into an extended time of praise and worship. We're going to have like four or five, six songs in a row. But it's also an invitation for you to enter into praising him in meaningful ways. Sometimes it feels like, all right, we've got two songs here, a song over there, because we're trying to make this whole thing work and the timing work. But instead of being in a hurry, we want to enter into a time of worship and praise where we, like the Jewish people entering Jerusalem and together collectively, because we've, they have arrived at the end of their pilgrimage, are praising him together. May that be true of us. Take a few moments figure out what it is you have to praise him for, to bless him from. And can you praise him in your heart and with your voice? Let me pray. God, I'm going to take a few moments here of just silence as we all kind of search our heart and figure out when you have showed up for us in the past. When you have worked in mysterious ways and you're just, when we are just so grateful. God, we love you and we thank you for everything you do for us. And there are times we lose sight of that because we're busy and we're, life is hectic and we have so much going on. And so we thank you so much for the way that you remind, little reminders like this one for us to treasure you. And that when we do, when we take a few moments and we just praise your name, if we do that today, it impacts our heart tomorrow. So God, be with us in this space. Fill this space. Be alive in our hearts as we call out to you and thank you for who you are. In your name, amen.